Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. And beginning at verse 41, Mark, the 12th chapter, and uh, beginning at verse 41. And it says this, he, and he sat down, it's talking about Jesus. It says, and he sat down opposite the treasury, my Lord, sat down opposite the treasury, and he watched the people putting the money into the offering box. Yes, he did. Someone say, yes, he did. He did. He was sitting there watching. I promise you he was. He was sitting there watching to see who was putting money in the offering box. And it says, and many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and she put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. Verse 44 says, for they all contributed, contributed, excuse me, out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything, someone say everything. She put in everything she had, all she had to live on. I'll start that again. He brought the disciples over to them, had a conversation with them. He said, this poor woman put in more than all those people who gave to the offering box. Everything, they gave a whole bunch, but this woman, verse 44 says, she, she gave out of her poverty. She put in everything she had. She didn't have anything else. This was everything she had to live on. I want to talk from week one of a new series called Where the Treasure Reside. And I want to talk on this topic today, when little things cost a lot. When little things cost a lot. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this word. Thank you for what you're going to do because of the word. Thank you, Lord, that you spoke the word before I was born 41 years ago. Thank you that your word will work 41 years later. Thank you, God, for what it is going to do, what it's going to do in this time and how people's eyes are going to be open. I pray, Lord, that you would move me out of the way. I'm not impressed by me, nor are you. So I pray only that you use me and that you use this moment and this time we have together. It is your anointing that destroys jokes, not my study, not my catchy titles, not my catchy cliches or any of those things. It is your anointing. So, Father, we need your anointing. Send it in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray and thank you. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Someone say, when little costs a lot. Say it again, when little costs a lot. I'm happy to say a lot of things because a lot of times when you start talking about the idea and the topic of money, that's what happens. All the praise gets sucked out of the room immediately. All the worship just leaves, it dissipates, and it goes back to your house, and it goes back to your walls. And you say, is this the right Sunday for me to come here? So when I tell you, repeat things, you're like, so I'm happy to say different things because I want to make sure uh, that gangrene doesn't get in your mouth. And that you have the opportunity to make sure that praise doesn't leave you. I want someone to say it again, when little things cost a lot. All right, let's try it one more time because y'all did it the same way I gave y'all that whole disclaimer and you said it the same way. So let's try it one more time. And I want you to say it like you're feeling rough arena on the, on the scrimmage. Say it one more time. When little things cost a lot. Y'all ready? Let's go. One more time. Y'all were like in a small chapel, but I need you to fill up. I need you to fill up the rough arena. One more time. Let's try it together. One, two, three. Yeah, because you said that God's going to bless you. I promise you, he's going to bless you in a great way because something is going to happen through this series in a way that you've never seen it before. And I want you to have, this is why we're doing this series, not because we have something um, that we're doing and not because we have our sacrificial giving Sunday, which we do. And it's not because of that. And it's not because I do a, a type of uh, stewardship or giving series every year around this time. It's not because of that. It's because I want to make sure that you're blessed in every way. I want you to not be partially blessed. I want you completely blessed. Someone say, I want the complete thing. Say it again. I want the complete thing. I want you to have everything that God has for you. And that means you can't tear parts out of the Bible that you don't like. You can't overlook parts of the Bible that make you feel uncomfortable. 
everything is important when it comes to the Bible. The first thing I want to do as I go in, I want to thank all of you all for the last six years who have supported this ministry to cause us to be able to do what we do. There will be no way that we could do what we do without your support. So I thank you for everything that you have done to support us. So give yourselves a hand because of all the different things that we've been able to do together. So since I got y'all jacked up like this, and since y'all already have the air sucked out of you, let me go ahead and just drop something else on you that's going to make you feel even worse. So next week, we're going to have a fast. Someone say fast. See how y'all sounded. I know, Kamisha, you came on the long, wrong Sunday. We're going to do a fast next week, but it is not the type of fast that you think. It's not the fast of abstain from food. You got a fast that you're going to abstain from spending. Bless you, Lord. I thank you and I praise you. Some of y'all like, won't he prophesy? I just did. <laughs> just grabbed a hold to your, I want you. Oh, we want to thank God as well. I see LaDonna. LaDonna had an episode a few days ago, but God brought her out of that. We thank God for bringing her out of that. A health emergency that she won't let me say the name of because she's not claiming it, but she's all right. I'm so glad to see Mr. Leon. So that means if nobody says anything, Mr. Leon's going to say something. And usually his words, he doesn't say amen. He says stuff like, huh. That's his amen. But anyhow, uh, we have a financial fast that starts next Monday. Someone say next Monday. Financial fast. I want you to be blessed. And what we're going to do for those five days, I'm going to roll it out for you. I'll send you emails and whatever. We'll let you know exactly what that, that, uh, that um, takes and whatever. The first thing is you got to pray. because Some of y'all have to pray right now because you've never had a fast on your finances. You've never put a spending freeze on anything. So that's why you're going to have to pray. And this is for everybody. Don't think it's just for the adults. It's for your children, too, who want that new game and all that type of stuff. It's going to be a fast. You're going to pray. We want to make sure that you pray daily over how God would have for you to manage your money. I don't want you to get to January and start having these goals for yourself that you haven't started right now. There's nothing different about January than November. Oh, God, I wish I had a good church. Uh, so I want to make sure that you pray, ask God for the direction for your finances. And then three, we're going to save. What are we going to save? All that lunch money you usually spend, you say, oh, it's just Jimmy John's. Oh, it's just Chick-fil-A. Oh, they build a one right around the corner from where I work. All that time. It's the devil moving in next door to you. All these different things are trying to get your money. And so we're going to save. We're going to save what you normally would spend. You're going to prepare. Prepare. What are you going to prepare? A budget. Oh, y'all feel like I'm cussing y'all out. It's words you've never used called budget. Have you, have you heard of one? A budget. Write down what you're going to spend and stay in that margin. Someone say stay in it. Oh, this is going to be tight today. Lord, help the children today. Help them, Lord, in a great way. After I get out of this, I'm going to raise you back up to bless you. But I'm just going to, you know, I'm just having a talk with you on the couch right now. Prepare a budget. You're going to track your spending. You'll be amazed how much you spend and don't even pay attention to. You'll be amazed at all the little streaming things you have. You, you cancel DirecTV, but all your little apps have matched up to DirecTV and Dish and all that type of stuff. I got an app for this. I got an app for that. And all of those are subscriptions that are coming out that you don't pay any attention to. $5.99 this. $7.99 this. Oh, I'm just going to add this onto my Verizon bill. I'm not going to pay for it, but I'm going to add it onto my bill. So you're not paying for your phone bill anymore. You're paying for all your accessories. Y'all want to go back to Pastor's Appreciation where Marvin was preaching, don't y'all? Y'all don't, don't want me up here. You track your spending. This is a word that many, many of this generation has never heard of before. But I'm going to teach it to you. Um, someone won the spelling bee the other day. So I want to spell it for you. Then I'm going to pronounce it. C-O-O-K. The word is cook. You heard that word before? cook. Can you use it in a sentence? Yes, I can. Cook your food. Yes. Yeah. Cook. Yeah. I know you don't know how to do that. Some people don't. And some of you who don't, this would be a great time to find out. Get, get Dr. Stacia Emanuel's number. Get Mama Joanne's number. Get Mother Higgins. Get Caesar. Get Guillaume. Get, get Sister Sandra. Get these people who know how to cook and not just microwave. Ask them, how do you cook a few things? You might be amazed at what you might learn. How all the ways you can cook chicken. 
All the ways you can. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to give y'all a cooking class. But I'm trying to bless you. And y'all don't like me today. Y'all don't want to be blessed. Cook. Limit your dining out. I didn't say don't dine out. I said limit it. Limit it. <laughs> this is wonderful. This is going so much worse than I thought. Two more things. You're going to create restraints. What are your restraints going to be? Don't go to the mall. Okay, you don't go to the mall. Amazon. I lost a whole church. My Amazon Prime for five days. Don't click a thing. You got off Amazon and you go to Facebook. Whatever you were browsing is wherever you go. Don't click on anything. Don't put it on Lailway. Don't put it in the store. Don't put it in the bin. Don't do anything. When it says check out, delete it. Lord, I think the church is over. Can you go ahead and play a song? I think God be with you. I think it, this is over. <laughs> this is it. But that's going to be our financial fast. And listen, I was going to do seven days, but the Lord told me they can't handle it. I gave y'all five days, Monday through Friday. And I'm not like the old school church that Erica was born in. Usually the pastor would stand up on Sunday and tell you the fast starts tomorrow. Y'all looking at me with your neck all tight. Loosen up. I gave y'all a week. Do all the spending you want to this week. Buy everything on Amazon. Let it get delivered next week so you can say, I didn't do it this week. I ordered it last week. But next week, we're going on a financial fast because God wants to put some things in your hand. But he can't put things in your hand when things keep leaving it. God can't trust you with more. If you don't know how to manage the little that you have. Yes, you can be wealthy. But you have to learn how to act like you're wealthy on a little bit first. Someone say it again. Holler out loud like it's rough arena. Say it on the count of three. You're going to say budget. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah. Oregon, give me the key of E flag. God's going to bless you when you learn how to create a budget. Now, I'm through with that. So y'all can, I've given y'all the hard stuff. The next thing is going to encourage you. So I'm done with that. So go ahead and loosen up, open your tie, take off your high heels that you can't walk in anyway. Take all that stuff off so you can get comfortable. James Calmer says this, and I put this quote for you all. Shopping is now the number one leisure activity in America, usurping the place previously held by religion. Amazon.com is the new temple. The visa statement is the new altar. Double clicking is the new liturgy. Lifestyle bloggers are the priests and priestesses. Money is the new God. Every time you see something, every time I see something, it makes me feel like I'm missing out. So Amazon and lifestyle bloggers and things that people wear, and those of you who have ever seen any documentaries of any kind of any artist, most of them wear things that they do not own to allure people to go in debt to buy things that they themselves don't even own. The house that they shot the video on was not even theirs. The car that they were driving with the women half-dressed are not even their car or their women. But we do all these different things to make, we, we see, we're like, oh, I want that and I feel like I'm missing out. Jesus had just been questioned. If you look at this particular chapter, Jesus had just been questioned by all the religious leaders. And when we look at this, Jesus came on the scene. And as Jesus was in the temple, he was in the temple of the Gentiles. And as he was in the temple of the Gentiles, all the different religious people were asking him questions. And they were questioning his authority. And he even responds to them. And he says to them, he says, do you know these different things? He asked them and he says, by what authority? And this is chapter 11. By what authority did John baptism come from, from heaven or from human origin? And they couldn't even answer the question. He said, because you cannot answer that question, I will not answer to you by what authority I do what I do. And then he goes on and he starts to talk to them about how a different man had a vineyard had some people that were over it and they kept sending people to them to help them um, and, and to ask for help and all this stuff and it says that the people did not respect them and then he said the pet the man the, the father said well they killed all of my servants and they killed everyone I sent so let me kill my son surely they will respect my son but they took him and they went and when his son got there to the particular vineyard they killed his son too because they were, did not respect even his son he says he goes on he says the stone that the builder has 
rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. And then he goes on and they try to trick him again. And they say to him, they say, you know, we know that you know all things and you know all the rules. And they said, when it comes time to pay taxes, who is supposed to have the taxes? Uh, uh, who does it belong to? To Caesar or to God? He says, bring me a particular denarii, which was a, a particular corn. He said, and whose image, whose inscription is on that corn? He said to Caesar. They said, well, render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and what is God's, give it to God. He was saying, you cannot trick me in this thing. He said, I know how to belong to the government and I know how the government belongs to me. I know how to do what I need to do. And they kept trying to trick, trick Jesus and all these different things. That's what religious people do. They always have a question, but they don't want to change. They always have a question to try to trick you into something. So he goes on and then he says that then they came back and they asked him about the resurrection. And they said, hey, suppose a woman, uh, suppose a woman has a husband and suppose that her husband died and then she gets married again. And perhaps that man dies and she gets married again. And perhaps that man dies. She gets married again. When she gets to heaven, who does the wife belong to? And he goes on and he talks about, he said, you mistake the scripture. When you get to heaven, it's not about me marriage or being in marriage or any of those types of things he says you won't be married to anybody you'll be married to Christ when you get to heaven and they got messed up and they got upset and he goes on and he talks this is all in the bible he goes on to them and they talk about they, they ask him all these different questions and then he, he responds to them after that and he says beware of scribes who walk around in robes and phylacteries and they walk around gloating about how religious they are but they have no relationship with me he says beware of these type of people they sit in the best seats they have the best cars they have all these different type of accoutrements that make them look great. He said, beware of people who are always talking about how they should be at the best seat at a banquet. And how they should be treated a certain way. And how they should have the door open for them in a certain way because of their title and how great they are. Beware of these people because they say that these are the type of people who say long prayers but they're never heard. These are the people who get behind the pulpit and these are the people who are always, uh, they always won't go to the club or they won't go out with you because they're too deep to hang out with common people. He said, beware of people who always think they're too deep that they're no earthly good. Beware of people who holiness matters more than a relationship. Beware of people that speaking in tongues means more than forgiving your neighbor. Beware of people, beware of people who want to do a praise break, who won't give to the homeless beware of religious people who go to church but never have it in them beware of people who know praise breaks and know how to worship but don't know how to submit Beware of people who can preach you the Bible that they don't read themselves. Beware of people who can tell you that your life needs to change and they have no intention of changing theirs. Beware of people who try to call out your sin, but they don't want you to know what it is that there's going on in their life. Beware of people who try to condemn you for drinking, but they're smoking. Beware of people who try to tell you that it doesn't take all that, but they got somebody else's husband in their cell phone. Beware! A people who go through the rules and the rituals but have no relationship. Beware of them because what they deserve, they already have. He says, but a widow sitting there watching, he was now moved from the court of the Gentiles, Brandon. He was now in the court of women. Court of women is an area that only women were allowed in because women were considered some of the lowest ranking citizens. Women were not able to ask questions in public. Women were around but had no voice. So the women had created their own place. I want to stop here for a moment, not just talk about women. I want you to stop worrying about being left out. I want you to stop worrying about not being included. God can find you exactly where you are. And you don't have to be in anybody's circle for him to find you. 
I want somebody to look at lift your hands right now and say he'll find me where I am he'll find me where I am and sometimes he'll find you just so that he can prove to people who thought you weren't worthy to prove to you that he will do everything he can to make sure you know that he's your child and he does not have any stepchildren he will find you wherever he is. So the women were in the court of the Gentile. They were in their own court, the court of women. They were not even accepted. And they were there. And Jesus found a place to sit. And it says that uh, historians say that there were 13 different offering baskets that were around the particular temple. They were at different places of the wall and 13 different, uh, 13 different uh, offering baskets. Nine of them were required. They were ceremonial offerings that they were supposed to give according to worship. And th the rest of them were uh, volunteers. There were things that they just gave when they could, but they were all around. There were all these different offering baskets, and we don't have any of those types of things, but all these different offering baskets were around for them to give. And he was looking as these people were giving, and as he looked and he noticed different people were giving different things, and as he looked, he noticed uh, that the, the rich people were giving a whole lot as if they weren't even thinking about it. Uh, they were just dropping large amounts of money and then they were just going on like it was no big deal and they would and he was watching them and he looked and I want to tell you as we move forward that there are three types of people as it relates to giving as it relates to not just offering as it relates to where it is that you might be there's the more there's the some and there's the all there's more someone say more some and all so the more people are the people who can do it uh, they are the people that when you say a need or when you say an offering, they can do it because they already have it. So these more people were wealthy people. And when they saw the offering, uh, they looked, they saw the offering basket and they just gave because it was already in their supply. Now, the more people are not bad people. It's just they have it. Uh, so the more people were in a wealthy place and they were able to give large, large amount. The amounts that they gave were gold, silver, copper and bronze. They could do it. So when they walked by the offering, they, they had enough money that they could, they could fill all 13 of the ones if they could. They were in a more pot. They were just like, I, I'm just going to be able to walk through. And sometimes what happens is when you're in a more category, sometimes if you're not careful, your more will cause you to stop depending on the person who gave you the more. I've seen through my lifetime how many people have asked throughout the years, I want you to pray for me that I get this particular promotion or this particular job or I get this particular financial breakthrough and all these different things. And people will ask for prayer. I get it all the time. And oftentimes uh, I'll hear sometimes people will say, hey, we're at the closing of this house. Can you pray that God will allow us to be able to have this house? And I'll pray all these different types of things because that's what pastors do. We pray for turtles and, and iguanas and, and all types of stuff. That's what we do. Whatever it is you give me, I pray for it. It don't matter to me, but it matters to you. So it matters to me. So I just pray for God will give you the right toenail polish, polish because you're going to homecoming. And, and I want to make sure that when your ex sees you, he sees you the way he remembers you. You gain a little bit of weight, but your toes still look the same way because your toes is what he remembers anyway so I want to make sure I pray for all that I do I do pray for all that but I've noticed that a lot of times when people get a breakthrough you no longer see them not you I've just noticed it in other people Growth Point has never had people like that. No, never. I've never experienced that. <laughs> but I've noticed that the more desperate you are, the more you lean on God. But for people who are no longer desperate, you don't see them anymore. I've noticed that when people are desperate, they praise harder. When people are desperate, they pray harder. When people are desperate, they come to church early. When people are desperate, they'll join a small group. When people are desperate, they'd be the first one to say, I just want to go help at, at, at church on the bridge. I mean, I want to do everything because I just need to be close to God. But when God answers the need, when God comes through, you'll see a, you won't see them, but you'll see a post. You'll see a post in front of the answer. You'll see a post in front of whatever. You'll see a tweet. You'll see anything to know that God did it. But they forgot where God did it at. They'll forget. They'll forget. That's why David said, 
uh, uh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not what he did. But there are a lot of people who get it and forget. Have you ever helped somebody and they are they strategically forget that you helped? It happens all the time. And here it is. These more people. And that's not. Please know. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. There's nothing wrong with being rich. There's nothing wrong with having abundance. Because I believe that God wants us to have it. But I also know that it is not money that is the root of all evil. I know that's what we quote. It is not money that is the root of all evil. I'm preaching better than we're sounding here. But it is the love of money. Loving to have a look and not loving to know why he gave it to you in the first place. He did not give it to me to plot. He did not give it to me for me to pull up on you and to show you my seats and how great my house is. He gave it to me to make sure that if there's somebody who's in need, I bless them as many times as I can. It's not about my red bottoms. If you don't have red bottoms, get you some red paint and paint them on. Because if, let me tell you something, Dr. Manuel. I'm sorry, I was raised in the old time way. There is not an outfit I put on that I can't shout in. There's not a clothing I wear that I can't run in. There's not a jacket I put on that will not make me sweat and huck a buck and speak in tongues and walk every pew in this church. If your clothes have you, your clothes have become your God. But I shall have no other God than the God who gave me these rags. My look is not greater than the deliverer. I know we live in a time, as someone told me a few weeks ago, and I know they meant well, someone told me they came a particular Sunday and they didn't like my outfit and they didn't like what I had on. And they said, I don't like the way you put it together. I said, bless you. Laugh, told me I didn't like it. Because I know we live in a time now that the preacher always has to look a certain way. We have to have on designer clothes. We have to have on certain type of shoes and let you know what we're, all these type of things. I was raised where the preacher only wore a black suit and a white shirt and a dark tie every Sunday as if that was the only outfit they had. I grew up with Juanita Bonham who wore white every time she preached. I grew up with, with Benny Hinn who always, hallelujah, and nothing had to do with any of that type of stuff. But now the look is more important and how many followers you have is more important. But half of us have followers, but we're not followers of Jesus. So I apologize for the Sundays I don't look all together. Oh, I'm not worried. I never said that when he called me to preach, that it was a design for me to also be a fashion model too. I dress because I like to. Thank God for Brother Guillaume who makes sure that some of the things that I think are nice, he tells me, no, try it again. If you want to remember, look back at my old clothes and how they were two sizes bigger than what I had to wear. But thank God for tailors bringing things in. However, if I ever get up here and the outfit is more important than the anointing, then you need to go find you another church. I also grew up where we wore hats and we wore shoes and all that stuff. And sometimes you wore your bill when you came into church. You couldn't pay your bill because you had it on your head. All right, I'm sorry. Get out of that. I'm sorry. So the more. Someone say the more. The more are the people that can do it. But be careful when you're always wanting to be the more. But you forget who is the more. They got there. They were just dropping it in. Scripture says that Jesus was sitting there looking at them putting money. The many rich put in large sums of money. Verse 42 says... And a poor woman came. She put in two small copper coins, which make up a penny. Someone said a poor woman. We're not just talking about somebody I wanted to find broke. Because some of y'all keep saying stuff like I'm broke. 
Some of y'all looked over a few shoes before you got on the one you have. Some of you threw a few pants back in before you got on the pants you have on today. Some of you looked over a few different wigs before you put the one on you got today. Let's define broke. Broke is when you have no home. Broke is when you have nothing to do, no, no job. Broke is when you have no food. Broke is when you have nothing to make work. Broke is when you have nothing at all. Some of y'all keep saying I'm broke and I'm just fronting. You ain't broke. According to the Welshman culture, you're rich. If you go to different countries and different places, they have nothing and nothing means nothing. It means nothing. Go to these third world countries. You got Snapchat, you ain't broke. Snapchat ain't money, but you got Wi-Fi, you paying for it. You got a hot spot, you ain't broke. And some of y'all sitting there saying, I'm bored. Bored for what? You got Netflix. There are people who have no TV. There are people who have nothing at all. We used to, when I was growing up, when I took them to Greenville yesterday, when I was growing up, I had no streaming. We went down a particular road and my wife said, that's why you are the way you are. Because we went down this particular street and it looked like we had gone through a particular scene of color purple. Where she was running, fixing to shave Mr. And we were going down that particular road. Picture this, Sicily, 1930. Anyhow, we were going down this particular road. And we were going down this road. She said, she grabbed my hand and she said, where are you taking me? I said, this is the road I used to ride my bike for. She said, I don't care about this road. Get me off this road. Broke is when you look back at the house you used to grow up in and it looks you thought it was bigger than what it actually is. And you look back at that house and you say, how in the world did five people, six people, seven people grow up in this house? And you look at that house and you say, only God did that. Somebody lift up your hands and say, only God. So you're upset because you can't get the weave you want. Some people can't even afford it. You ain't broke, you hood rich. Got the ability to wear stuff and make it look like you got more. You ain't broke. Someone holler out real quick, I ain't broke. You might not have what you want, but God has provided everything you need. Can I have a witness in the room? Can we just give a praise back that you got everything you need? Even when I used to have bologna and we used to put it in a skillet and you didn't know, you don't know nothing about no bologna until you put bologna in a skillet and you slice it down the middle and then it bubbles up and it ain't really good, Sister Sandra, until it's burnt around the edges. Y'all don't know nothing about no broke. You don't know nothing about no broke until you don't have peanut butter and jelly. You just got the butter and you put two pieces of bread together and you call, you ain't broke until you don't have no Kool-Aid, but you put water and you put sugar in it and you stir it up and you imagine what Kool-Aid would taste like. Oh, I ain't always look like this. Talking about government milk. Oh, that's broke. When you had to go there, I remember when, when we were going through a particular season and we had to make sure that we went to pick up what we need to pick up so that Miles could have what he needed. And it was humbling to get in those. Oh, it was humbling to get in that line and to make sure we had a wick and we had the beans and, and you had a particular whatever you needed. And it was humbling to get in there and you try to go out to make sure nobody was in the parking lot to see you in that wick line. But let me tell you, I have been old, I've been young and I've been old, but I ain't never see the righteous forsaken. And I never see the seed begging bread. Talking about you broke. Some of y'all been going through some hardship. And you wish people knew what you've gone through. You knew what people, you the clothes you pieced together. You went over to Goodwill and got something. Went over to the halfway house and got something. And your outfit people are like, I like the way you look. You don't know my story. I say I ain't broke. This poor woman, this poor woman gave. Jesus was watching her. We move now into some people. Some people are the people 
who can say, well, this is what I can do. The more people gave what they had out of their abundance, some people are, well, this is what I can, what I can do is, I don't know if there's anybody in the room who you wanted to do more, but that's all you could do. And you were in the season of, well, I can't do that. But what I can do is, I would rather, hear me, I would rather someone tell me what they can do than actually have the ability to do more, but act like that's all you can do. I would rather you say I would, but I can't. But what I can do is this. So this woman, this particular woman gave two mites. Two mites were the equivalent of two small copper coins. They were significant to poverty. Uh, the very coin she had signified that she was poor. I don't know if you've ever had anything that gave a signal before you spoke. It was a signal that she couldn't do anymore. Uh, this coin uh, was the uh, one six fourth of a denarii. A denarii was a full day's worth of money, full day's worth of labor, but she had one six fourth of it. Didn't have the whole thing. Not only was she in poverty, but she was a widow. It's one thing for you not to have a thing, but it's another thing for you not to have the person who provided the things you had. She was used to having more, and she was not only used to having more, but she was used to having more with someone in her life. Some of us want more, but you don't want nobody in your life. There are many wealthy people who would love just to have somebody in their life to enjoy it with. Everybody does not want to go to bed by themselves. Some people, why you want your spouse not to wake up tomorrow? <laughs> Jacob, some people, as soon as that, that spouse starts breathing in the morning, they say, Lord, give me the strength to make it through this day because they done woke up one more day. But there are some of you who will say, I wish I had somebody to be upset with. I wish I had somebody who used my towel. I wish I had someone to use my toothbrush. Not really. But I wish I did have somebody that I would say, you, you, you didn't clean up after yourself? Because some of you are walking around the house by yourself. Ain't nobody smelling when you fart. And I'm just playing. Ain't nobody, none of that stuff. You wish you had somebody in your life. And here this woman, not only did she not have it. Am I helping y'all? I'm just trying to help you. Not only did she not have money. But she had nobody there to support her anymore. So when she walked into the temple, she walked in not only half done by money, but half done with who she used to walk in the temple with. So now she's walking in saying, not only do I not have him, but I don't have anything that he, everything that he had or everything he gave me may have run out. Now this woman was in poverty, couldn't do anything but wanted to, but couldn't. I want to talk to the people who want to do more, but you just seem to can't. Seem like you can't do it. You want to, but you're having a hard time pressing through. You want to do more, but you're having a hard time. Is there anybody in the room that I, I want to do more, but I'm having a hard time because I'm dealing with a half hand. I didn't get the full deck. I'm dealing with a half deck. I feel like I started late in the game. I didn't have a running start. It seemed like the game was already fixed before I even got in it. It seemed like the race was already fixed before I got in it. I'm dealing with a half hand while I want to. And here Jesus was looking at this woman. He looked at this poverty stricken woman. He says, she's one of those some people. So he thought because she looked like uh, her poverty would have hindered her from giving. And I want to talk to people. Because some of you, because you're at that half spot, you don't do what you can do. So because you can't do what you want, because you can't do what you want to do, you don't do what you can do. 
There are a lot of people. I can't tell you how many people I know who are not where they want to be. And because they're not where they want to be, they don't do anything where they are. And there are a lot of people who say, I'm waiting for this to happen because when that happens, then I'm going to start. I'm going to tell you something. Let me give you something real quick. If you're not doing it now, you're not going to do it later. Like everybody who gets this whiff of energy in January, let me tell you something. The worst time to go to the gym is in January. Everybody, the mama and the turtle, everybody comes to the gym in January. I mean, it's packed. The little treadmill you would normally get on is packed. The elliptical you would get on is packed because everybody wants summer abs until March. Wait around March. They ain't going to be there. Because discipline is not sexy. Discipline is not a sexy word. Promotion is. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Well, how disciplined are you to get it? It's hard work to, do, to get anything in life. Everything is not a quick fix. But this woman could have said, because I don't have, I won't. Because he's not here, I can't. She could have been like some people who just stay there. I can't do it. Well, all I can do is, and all I can do is oftentimes, Mr. Leon, the people who say all I can do is still don't do all they can do. Like, I can't do that, but I, I want, and then you wait for them to do what they can do and they never do it. This woman could have allowed her situation to stop her, but she didn't. She went on anyway and she gave anyway and she moved because it says after that, he looked at her. And she did not stop, even though she didn't have a lot. But it says she called, he, she gave anyway, so he called the disciples over. He said, come here, come here. He said, everybody's been given today. I've been watching everybody give. He says, but this poor woman, this poor woman has put in more than those who gave more. You missed it. This poor woman has put in more. Than those who gave more. Say it one more time for the people in the back. This poor woman has put in more than those who gave more. Break that down, brother. How did she give more? And she didn't have more. He said, because her more cost a lot. What she gave cost a lot. Because this woman faith gave out of everything she had. She didn't have nothing else to give. She gave it all. He said out of her lack, this woman gave everything. Which leads me to the last group of people. There are people who are the all people. The first two people are about me. The all people is about him. More is what I can do. Some is, well, I can just do this. All is, I give it because he gave it. The woman put in all, which is to say that if she was broke before the offering, she was even more broke after the offering. But she gave to say that I have seen him provide for me before. So I believe that this will be no different than the other times that I've been in need. My husband is not here because he died, but Jesus is still alive. So if he has provided for me before, I believe he'll provide for me again. So I'm going to give all because he is all. She gave all to say that I trust him. Someone say I trust him. So they gave out of hear this. I'm almost through here. They gave out of material wealth. Surely. She gave out a mental wealth. Material wealth is what you can see. Mental wealth is what I know. I don't always have the material. But in my mind, I can tell you how many times he's come through. In my mind, I can tell you how many times he's made a way. In my mind, I can tell you how
how many times he's come through. I cannot always show it to you, but if you stay around me long enough, I can show you how great my God is. Is there anybody in the room who can remember when you did not think he was going to do it, but he did it anyway? Can we just release a praise in the room to say, my mind, my mind, I remember. So this woman did not have her man, but she still had the man. <laughs> this woman did not have uh, external resources, but according to her heart, Jesus taught this lesson. He taught this message because it was not about external stuff. It was not about money. It was about mentality. Those of you who have turned me off, I don't want you to think this is about money. This is about mentality. This is about heart. Because this woman could have easily said, my heart's broken. I can't do nothing, so I'm not going to. Matter of fact, the fact, the fact that the woman went to church is enough to give her praise for. I don't know how many people have come to church on a broken heart. I don't know how many of you all who have come anyway and it seemed like everything in your life was to fall, but you came anyway. Is there anybody in the room who can tell you you needed worship because you needed something to raise yourself up again? You needed a word because you needed something to raise. The fact that the woman came to church, came to the temple, broken, but still came. Going through, but still came. Didn't have a lot, but said, what I got, I'm giving it. I'm going to give all to who he is all, who is all. I'm going to come anyway. Someone say, I'm coming anyway. I'm coming anyway. So here it is. It says she didn't just give out of material wealth. She gave out of mental wealth. And what that means was she gave to say, I trust him completely. Sometimes God will challenge you just to see, do you trust him? Like this offering, this thing that he's trying to get out of you is not about money. It's where's your heart? Like, is your heart with me even when you don't have it? Is your heart with me even when things are not where they, you want them to be? Do I still have your heart? You want word for it? I'm through. Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 10 says, and we quote this scripture all the time for basketball. And we quote it for other things, but I want to give it to you in context. Because possibly we're misquoting the wrong scripture. Because Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 10 says, he said, I rejoice greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. Can I teach this? Can I, can I do it? I'm just teaching. You revived your concern for me. He said, you were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. What was Paul talking about? Paul was talking, Marco. Uh, Paul was talking about he wanted to do greater ministry, but there was no support financially for him in, in ministry. So he couldn't do a lot. He said, I know you wanted to, but I couldn't do anything. He says, but verse 11 says, not that I'm speaking in, in, in reference to need. I'm not saying like I needed your money. And, and I want y'all to hear that. Because sometimes when we start doing series about giving and stuff like that, you think, well, the church must need the money. See how quiet it got? That's why they do the offering, because you know the church needs it. You know we broke. We ain't broke. And let me tell y'all something. And the pastor ain't broke either. Y'all ain't got to praise God right now. I praise him because I've seen broke and I ain't broke. You see how much y'all support me right now? Because y'all want me to be broke. Y'all want a broke pastor. I ain't broke. I'm sorry. You can go join another church where you got the broke pastor talking about how God's going to supply your need. Oh, he supplied it. I ain't broke. Look at somebody say, the man ain't broke. Yeah. Tweet that. Because I'm telling y'all something. Let me tell you. Let me see. This little gospel that y'all think that we're supposed to talk about the God who's going to deliver you and the God is going to set you out and he's going to bring you out. We're supposed to be talking about God like he's Harriet Tubman. A God who never allows you to get it because you're like a rat in a wheel. That's not the God I serve. Do you not know Jesus is not as broke as y'all say he was? Oh, this is a quiet church today. I feel like walking today. London, how you doing? People don't want to believe. Jesus, you know, Jesus had women who funded his ministry. Women who had businesses who funded his ministry. And men who were tent makers and fishermen 
who funded his ministry. Let me give you the word that you might have just missed. If God gives you an assignment, he'll send people around you who will fund it. God won't give you a vision, Kia, if he will not give you the funding for it. Y'all talking about my Jesus was broke. No, he wasn't. I messed all of y'all self-righteous people up. I thought Jesus was broke. He wasn't broke. He chose to become like the people so that he could help the people. You really know you are mature when you choose not to flaunt so that you can help somebody. When you have something, but you don't flaunt it because I want to become all things to all people so that I can help somebody because I don't want you to think that it's about that, but it's really about that. Goes on, give me that scripture. I gotta go. I feel like I'm walking around like TDJs. Give me that scripture. Go on. He says, For I have, I feel like I need a reader right now. Read. So he goes on. He says, I'm not speaking in respect to need. He said, Before, he said, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. It means I know how to not have and I know how to abound. He said, In every circumstance, I have learned the secret of having plenty and hunger. He said, I've learned how to do this thing. I've learned how to have stuff and I've learned how not to have stuff. He said, I've learned it. He said, but it goes on. It goes to the next verse. Read. He said, but I've learned I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This was not talking about you winning a basketball game. This was not talking about you getting a job. You leaving the job. I can do all things through Christ. This was talking about money. He was saying whether I have it or whether I don't, I can make it because of Christ. Is there anybody in the room who could just lift your hands and say the only reason I make it is because of Christ? He says it's not because of a raise. It's not because of a 401k. It's not because of Bitcoin. It's not because of anything. I have learned how not to have and to have. And no matter what season I've been in, I can do all things because of Christ. Everything. Everything I have. We used to sing a song in Mississippi. They would say, everything that's good to me that happened, God did it. God did it. Next scripture. Go to my next scripture and I'm through here. My next scripture. He says, and my God. Someone say, my God. Say it again. My God. You need to make sure you know he's your God. He is not the God that wants to bless somebody else. He's the God who wants to bless you. It says, and my God will do what? He will do what? How many needs? How many? How many? Why are y'all saying it like you won't do it? We read stuff we don't believe. Some of you in this room have needs and you don't believe God can supply it. You can't worship a God you don't believe. You can't run around the church for something. You, you sit here with your bills on your mind and not the bill payer on your mind. My God. I ain't worried about what he's going to do for you. But my God. Point to yourself say my God. That's why I was shouting about this song earlier. He is more than enough. Jaira, my God, will supply all your needs according to what? His what? So why y'all say he's broke? Come on, Dr. Stephanie Dance. I know I'm preaching better than y'all rocking. His what? His payday loans. Have you ever noticed that all the payday loans are situated in broke neighborhoods? Have you ever noticed the dollar store and all these different places are always strategically positioned around people who can't afford more? To keep you at a place that you never get above? keep you at a place that you never think you can have more than that so you go get a payday loan and wind up paying more interest on it than the actual loan you get a credit card to pay off stuff that you never pay off and winds up going on your credit score 
So God can't supply all your needs when you keep giving him more things to provide for. You, Shane, come grab this microphone. You cannot keep praying to God like he's Will Smith, Aladdin. Like he's you coming to what rubber? That's why I need church. Oh, I got what I need. Oh, I needed that. Because you come to rub his belly to get him out of the debt you put yourself in. I don't think y'all like me. I want God to bless me. But part of God blessing me is not about him blessing my ATM. Some, hold on, I'm through here because y'all can't take no more. I already know it. You can't get a harvest if you have broke habits. How are you? I wish we had a praise break. We don't have no praise break or nothing. I've got people even walking out of the church because his message is too hard for people. And the bad thing, Caesar, is I ain't even talking about hell. I ain't even talked about your sin. I ain't talked about nobody doing nothing wrong. I ain't talked about your, your lust. I ain't talked about nothing. I've talked about mammon. Who was mammon? Your God. A God that we have made that he said you should never have. He said you cannot worship God and things. He said because you will love one, hate the other. But my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in what? Glory. What I need is more glory. If I can get more glory, he can provide my needs. What God wants to do, I'm going to stop here. What God wants to do, he's got something he wants to put in your hand. But he can't put it in your hands if you don't want him to change your habits. This woman I just talked about didn't have a habit problem. She had a life issue. But her habit was given. She said, no matter what season I'm in, I'm still going to give. There are some of you right now who got, now hear this. I'm, woo, Tia, y'all come and get me. Lord, somebody get my children out here. Take me home. God, some of y'all, Kamisha, Mama Emma. Hey, Mama Emma, you look good. Some of y'all, it is not about your money. Some of you haven't even given your life. I'm, this was a lifestyle. This woman said, y'all going to see me when I have it. And y'all going to see me when I don't. I'm going to walk up in here broke. And I'm going to walk in here in plenty. But I'm going to walk in here. You going to talk about me with the job? You're going to talk about me without a job. You're going to talk about me with a man. And you're going to talk about me without a man. You're going to talk about me when I'm married. And you're going to talk about me when I'm divorced. But you're going to see me here no matter what season I'm in. And you have to learn this one thing. People are going to talk whether you have or whether you don't. So let them talk. But this woman said, my life belongs to Jesus. This lesson was not about money. It was about a committed life. Like he wants it all. He wants everything. Someone holler out. He wants everything. He wants all. And some of y'all right now, the only reason this message is hard is because you stuck at some. You have no intention of giving all. But you're not going to get all from him. Go back to that scripture real quick. Can you go back to that scripture? My God says apply all. You won't get to all your needs until you give him all your life. How are you going to have all of God and he don't have all of you? 
There are some of us, you know how we invite people to some parts of our house because other parts have not been cleaned? Stop inviting God to the parts that you have cleaned up. Give them all access. To say, God, all of that, all of that. I want all of you, so I'm going to show you all of this. That's what that widow was. It was a heart offering. It was a heart offering. And I want to end here for some people right now who you haven't given God your heart yet. I'm not talking about just through salvation. You've been saved a long time, but you're self-centered. Self-centered. Do you know that's a sin too? That's what he was talking about with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Self-righteousness, self-centeredness. This woman wasn't self-centered. She was selfless. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? She wasn't self-centered. She was selfless. I want to know right now in this time of my voice. I want everybody to stand to your feet right now. Everybody. Everybody. I know this has been a hard message. I know it's been hard. Somebody told me earlier when they saw I had. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.